0: Jay Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency
1: Interrupted.
0: Okay, what's up, podcast? We're back. Today is February 25th to 2020, and I have a guest on. We've known each other for quite a while. How are you yeah. doing, Mr. Elton Richie? Hey, thanks for letting me come on. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm still a little under the weather. I apologize for my voice, guys, but it's slowly getting better. But enough about me today. I want to talk about Mr. Elton Richie. So, Elton as we spoke briefly um you have had quite a few careers in your lifetime
1: yeah I've, I've i've done a couple of different things that's
0: right yeah so i'd like to kind of hit on all of those things because it's just you've been through so much and you know you're a veteran you're in the police force you're an attorney and now you're a travel agent just a friendly neighborhood travel agent. yeah so um can you tell me a little bit about how you got started like you know growing up where did you grow up at where are you from originally we've never talked about that sure, sure. but, but and how can you got i can I, can
1: I do one thing first yeah yeah i, I brought you a little gift. first i want to thank you for giving me a chance to come on this show yeah it's a great show and this morning i listened because i wanted to go back and listen back a few different episodes i right. went back all the way back to the very first one okay and i thought that was a, this is just a great idea yeah and it went really well but today is what day what is today? Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday. Look what I brought. Sweet beads. Beads. I'm
0: not. I'm not getting topless for you.
1: <laughs> you got. You got beads there, buddy. Nice, nice. Hey, and 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 I got beads. You got beads here. Yeah. You can, you can have those. Awesome. I'll take this one. And, but I got a special one here for you Uh-oh. because you know, I, uh, Carol and I, my wife and I, joined a crew this year. Yeah. Okay. We joined the crew of Gemini.
0: Okay.
1: And of course, the theme was vacation. Of so how could was. we not <laughs> join, right? Yeah. So here is the king's medallion. Awesome. From well, thank the you. crew of Gemini.
0: I feel like royalty. I thought... You know, well, you are, my, man. My body Girl season was over with, but it's still going. Let's do it.
1: That's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so today is Fat Tuesday, so yeah. we've been, we're going to celebrate the rest of the day? Yeah. Heck yeah. All right, so what am I say? I'm supposed to tell you something about me. Okay. Yeah, man. Where, how did you get
0: started? Where are you from? And, you know, just let's shotgun oh, into, you know, how you started your first life's journey among the other three.
1: Oh, gosh. Oh, well, I I'm, uh, I'm, was born and raised here in Shreveport. Okay. Uh, actually um originally born in what was called allendale okay. uh, at the time was an old italian neighborhood and uh then moved out to cedar grove area and uh lived there for quite a while um and then moved into uh, southern hills and uh grew up went to woodlawn high school and uh graduated in 1973 didn't really know what to do with myself and an army recruiter found me okay uh, and so i uh enlisted in the army national guard and um uh, and uh, went off and uh, to basic training, came back. Uh, eventually, uh, went to officer candidate school, got a commission as a second lieutenant in 1976, and uh, went to infantry training, became an infantry officer, came back home uh, after that, and um, uh, met my wife, Carol, here in Shreveport. She was She was uh, here actually on a little six month stint for Texas Eastern. They were getting ready to move down to Houston. Okay,
0: so she's not from here? She's not from here.
1: Carol is, Carol's been around for a couple of different places. She originally, she was born in Costa Rica. Her father was a federal highway bridge engineer. Okay, And uh, so he traveled around the country with different highway projects. Born in Costa Rica, lived for uh, a while in upstate New York uh and uh in baton rouge he was the chief engineer on the i-10 bridge over the mississippi
0: whoa
1: yeah that's a big project that again. is a huge yeah. project and uh so he so she was up here and we met uh at uh at uh we were staying at uh both had apartments at uh, apartment building downtown i think it's called the fairmont now it used to be called the townhouse okay and uh I met her at the uh, swimming pool. I have a you know swimming pool out back up on a deck yeah. and everything. I saw her one afternoon. And uh, at the time, I was, I was, uh, I was waiting uh, to get on to the police department, and I was reading meters for Sweepco best job I ever had in my
0: life. Really? Get up, at seven, no <laughs> get up at 7.30 in the morning,
1: go out, read those meters, you'd be done by two, by, by 12.30 or yeah. so. And of course, they tell you, now don't you bring those cards back in before 2.30. Right, right. <laughs> so you go home, relax, come back, turn your cards yeah. in. And um, so I saw her out swimming pool and, I, and she was walking back into the building and I was walking out and I spoke to her and she ignored me. <laughs> and so the next day, I saw her out there, and I just—I had a beer, and I just walked over and just poured beer on her foot and got her attention. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little painful when I yeah. did that, but—but—but but, uh, but I did get her attention. Well, there and so you go. We've been together now for forty all total. Forty-two years. We we're married. Our anniversary was last week. Forty-one years. That's a
0: long ride. Oh, yeah, and y'all are still doing everything together. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, she is uh, not just my wife. She's my friend. She's my yeah. partner. She's, you know, she's, you know, kind of the center of everything.
0: And most people go through their whole life and never find that. So you're lucky to have that.
1: Oh, I'm, I am a lucky dog. Well, so
0: you have how many
1: children do you have? I have two children. Uh, I call we call them two only children because they're eleven years apart. Okay. I have a daughter uh, named Catherine. She is an architect in uh, Dallas. Yeah. And uh, a graduate from LSU Architecture School. Okay. And uh, went to school here at Captain Shreve. And she's her specialty is schools. She, that's what she does is designs schools. And uh, in fact, the, uh, she she last year she uh, they opened up the I think it's the Katherine Johnson um, uh, math academy. Um, Math and Science Academy in uh, in Garland that she designed. Nice. And Katherine Johnson, of course, was uh, the mathematician, the, the woman who was behind the space program. Okay. Here. She just passed away at 101 this last uh, year. So, but Katherine uh, designed that, that oh, that's uh, awesome. project. That's awesome. She was one of the lead architects on it. Yeah. And then I have a, a son who is um, about 11 years younger than her who is an uh well, he's a lieutenant now, Lieutenant J.G. in the in the Navy, uh, stationed in Hawaii, and uh, living a life out there. Okay. And, uh, so, and you yeah. were, so you were in the Army? I was in the Army and Army Reserve, okay. and the National Guard, for a total of uh, 31 years.
0: And so you, and then you went on to, so you were in the Army, and you went on to the police force. Yeah. And how long were you on the police force? Uh,
1: nine years, exactly. Nine years. Exactly nine years. Did you do I, uh, more patrol, or how did that work? More patrol. I, I really enjoy patrol work because you're out. You get to meet people. You get to talk yeah. to people all day long, and you, you're kind of your own boss out there on the street. And uh, and what I enjoyed the most, I would ride around with. It didn't matter whether it was winter or whether it was summer. The windows would be all the way down, and I'd either have the heater going or the air conditioner going, because yeah. I wanted to hear what was going on in the street and be able to stop and talk to people and things like that. Okay. Uh, I worked mostly evening shift. Uh, at that time, we had a, a crew that um, that was called the Power Shift, and we worked four 10-hour days a week on—, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and it was peak crime hours. And our job was to to provide backup on, on violent crime calls and, and things like that. When the local district unit was down, we would back them up and stuff. And my area was everything north of I-20. Okay. So I, I had just roving patrol all the way around, all and the way And it was up. for
0: um, the Shreveport? Shreveport, Shreveport Police Department. Okay, yeah.
1: got you. So everything north of I-20 all the way through to the city limits. Oops. Now, um,
0: so you were on, so you did that, and you have, I'm sure you have some great stories from there, but then,
1: so then you, do, from there, you go back to the military? I, I did. I, took, uh, I quit the police department, went back, did an, uh, about a six month tour uh, at the infantry school, went back. I, was, I think I was a captain at that time. Okay. And uh, came back uh, and stayed at the police department for just about two months, and quit and went back to school full time. It took me 13 years to get my undergraduate degree yeah. going full-time, and I did the last two full-time. And uh, from there, um, I did not intend to go to law school. That was never my intention. Uh, I thought very seriously about going into—actually um, uh, thought about uh, getting, changing my degree. I was studying—at that time, it was a criminal justice degree. And uh, I thought, you know, this was 1988. Okay. Uh, and uh, eight. Well, actually, 80, 86 when I when I left the department, and um, I thought I'll go get my degree in computer science because you know computers were just coming out. We yeah. I remember that we had desktop PCs. You had I had a, a model four P Tandy Radio Shack portable computer which was like a small sewing machine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and uh, I thought I'll go get a degree in computer science. So I signed up for algebra two. I walked into that algebra two class. Half hour later, I got up and walked. Up and said, "No, I think I'm going to stick with criminal justice." Yeah, there was
0: not much math in, in, that, in that. No, school. no, it
1: wasn't. So, so I finished up there, and um, I uh, I got talked into taking the law school exam by two buddies, who were both uh, were both my age. We all went back to school in our thirties, and uh, they intentionally uh, got their degrees in criminal justice because they wanted to go to law school. Yeah. And so they talked me into taking the law school entrance exam with them at that time. And so I did that in February of my senior year. And I was the only one who had a score good enough to get into law school. Really? And <laughs> they <laughs> actually wanted to do it and you right, got in. Right. I had no That's idea. Interesting. So um, so I came home and I said, Well, Carol says, Well, what are we gonna do? I says, Well, I, I think we're gonna go to law school. <laughs> she said, Oh great. I get to put you through another three years of yeah. school. Yeah, so what was she doing at the time? At the time, she was she was a secretary for a guy who was a fantastic entrepreneur and businessman. I know you probably heard of him. I don't know if you ever met him, John Porter, who founded Porter's Yeah, computers. Okay, gotcha. And she was his personal secretary. Oh, okay. And uh, And uh, John uh, kept her employed and, and was a great friend of the family. And his family's been a great friend of our family for a long time. And... Um, and helped us get through school and, and everything. So she put me through, put me through my last two years of undergrad, and then put me through. She con- continued to work all the way through law school once we moved to Georgia to go to law school. Okay. So
0: and then you, so you graduated from Georgia. What year? That was ninety one. Ninety one. And then I, I was two years old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a. I had at that time. I had a. I had a. Catherine was, what, was 92, she was born in 83, 91, born in 83. I guess she was, what, seven, eight years old? Yeah. Yeah. And um, we went to Savannah, practiced law in Savannah for a year. And then I got, um, I got an offer to come back to work for Welburn Jack Jr., who is you know, a legendary lawyer in North Louisiana. Okay. Uh, and um, Welburn uh, is—I uh, had clerked for him in the summer between going to law school. And he would send me work to do while I was in law school. I'd do research for him and things like that. And after a year in Savannah, he made me an offer. I couldn't refuse to come back to Shreveport. I had no desire. We burned every bridge we had when we left. It's like we we torched it down. uh, But I kept that one connection with Wellborn, And uh, he made me an offer. I couldn't refuse to come back to work for him. And he has been kind of like a father to me. And he was my mentor as a lawyer. And... uh, and he literally would come, even up two, three years ago when I was trying cases. He would he would come to the courthouse and sit on the front row, and it's, it's like having your dad come yeah. watch you at work. Yeah. It was great. You know, it's kind of a reverse career day almost. Yeah. So, so, well,
0: was, now that you brought that up, so what did your parents do? Was father, that something behind you getting into the military or the uh, law enforcement? Or
1: well, I guess a little bit. My my father was a Shreveport police officer. Okay and uh my mother worked at the phone company uh and uh she 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 did everything there from she was started as a key punch operator when they used those little cards for um data cards for okay, running yeah. computers and and eventually went out and climbed poles and and uh and everything so she, she did i think every job they had okay. at the phone company at one time she retired from that and um but you know, I was never encouraged as as uh, to to kind of to kind of go off in, in any particular career direction. My father kind of left me, you know, to kind of do what I wanted to. He was. It's interesting. He was. I think he was a little bit proud and a little bit disappointed when I became a police officer. I I, I have uh, I actually have his badge number. They gave me his badge number awesome. when, uh, okay. when I graduated from the academy, but. I think he wanted me to do something else, yeah, uh, but I didn't, and so, um, so uh, I, uh, I, you know, I think it was it was kind of strange. So, um, hold on a second, I gotta. The problem I have here is I have this thing turned off. <laughs> these little things in my ears tell me it's ringing. So, See, yeah, uh, These are great, by the way. I love these hearing aids. I, I got them from the VA.
0: And you can talk on the phone through them, right?
1: Yes, and that's, that's the that's problem. Crazy. I'm sitting here, and my phone's way over there, and it's ringing, and yeah. I'm trying to tell a dang thing to stop. I'm just going to turn it off.
0: Well, so you, um, going back to that, you, so how long did you practice law? You did personal injury and criminal defense, correct? I did. Okay.
1: Uh, I did. And uh, I, which, I, uh, starting in 91. Okay. And and then I, I closed my office in October. This past year? This past, year. past yeah. year in October. And uh, I liked practicing law. Uh, I really did pretty much everything I ever wanted to do as a lawyer. And I, I, I'm one of those people that once I've kind of mastered something and done something once, I'm ready. You know, I'll do it once or twice more, and then I'm bored. I want to move on yeah. and do something else. And one um, of the things about law, law, I never, th- I-, I liked being a lawyer. I liked doing the work, but it's very stressful for yeah. one, particularly those kinds of law. Because I mean i i used to la- I used to laugh and tell people I joke. I'd say, you know, I practice crisis law. Unless you've been in an ambulance or ridden in a paddy wagon, you don't need me, right? Right. Uh, and uh, so so you're always, you know, it's it's always stressful because you're either dealing with somebody's freedom or you're dealing with their, their future because they've been injured or hurt or, God forbid, lost a loved one. And, you know, they've got financial issues that you have to, you're trying to recover money for them to, to deal with that. Yeah. So it's, it's a very stressful thing. And um, my wife was my office manager for... 15 years and I love working with her because she's very detail-oriented she's very uh, thorough and um, and we're like complete opposites yeah absolutely complete opposites. <laughs> if you talk about how you know opposites attract yeah. we are like complete opposites. Right. think think I think back to when I was 20 21 years old you know I was the guy in the military uniform you know that guy (laughs) and she was the girl with the long hair and the macrame plant hangers and you know the hippie kind of thing and so it was an interesting attraction Uh, but but I loved working with it but the, the problem with it is as a business it's not a good entrepreneurial business model I don't think uh, and so, for part of the problem, of course, is that you can't have a partner unless they are a lawyer. Right. Okay. Well, she was my partner. But she wasn't a lawyer, so right. it, there there came times where we really couldn't make joint decisions. I had to be the guy to say this has to be done. Yeah, and that can kind of you know, and when you're in a, when you're when it's your wife, it can be a little challenging. Of sometimes, Of course, yeah. Um, not here, to mention you have to always take work home with you. That's correct. Yeah. You don't turn it off. Well, Any kind of an entrepreneur, you never turn. No, off. of course not. And, and what's what's funny is is that. That she used to, you know, I can remember going home and um, getting home at 7.30 and she'd say, dinner's in the microwave. <laughs> you are know, supposed to be here at 5.30. Yeah. Well, now, if I can get her out of that travel agency at 7.30, I'm doing good. <laughs> so, <laughs> you say, hey, remember when? Yeah, exactly. Remember when? I ate dinner's in the microwave. <laughs> I get to do a little I told you so thing. But, uh, but it was not, and the other thing is it's hard business to pass along to your children if you want to try and do that. It's a difficult business to sell yeah. because, you know, one of the challenges is the barrier to entry into being a lawyer is really very low. All you need is a law license. Yeah. All you need is a laptop, computer, and a cell phone. Come down here to Cohab. Hey, I'm a lawyer. Right. You don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You got no experience. You got no connections. You got... You, you, but, hey, you're in business. Yeah. So it's difficult to build a business, particularly in the kind of law that I was doing, where yeah. every case is, I don't have repeat clients in the criminal law and in the personal internet business, or at least I hope. So it's hard to build a business that you can sell or pass on. Right. Um, and so I started looking around probably probably around 2004, after I retired uh, from the military and the reserves started looking around for another business that I could Carol and I could get into and we looked at a lot of different things We, she said right away no to restaurants you never have a life with a restaurant because yeah. you just live there all the time and she's right uh, and um, and then so we looked at a couple of different other things and um, I looked at uh, I got started doing some research on the internet you know how you, you can go to different websites and check out different franchises yeah, and things like that yeah of course well uh We had taken our first cruise on a cruise ship um, on our 20th anniversary, loved it, mm-hmm. and started cruising about every other year after that. And, um, and then I came across on one of the franchise listing sites Expedia Cruise Ship Center, mm-hmm. and I thought, this is interesting. Uh, first off, travel is the one thing—the one thing. If we share anything in common as a passion, it's travel. Yeah. We love to travel, and uh, that's one. And she always was great about making sure that that we would take time to go do things together as a family, and that she and I would go take time together. I, I remember when when I hired a um, a practice coach at, um, when I was building my my law firm. Uh, you know, he asked, you know, we, were, we sat down to set some goals and stuff like that. And, um, and I, I, was, I was all eager and ready to do it because I had just come back from, from active duty. Uh, and I had, I had been uh, sharing space with a couple of other attorneys, but we were not a firm. And we didn't really work together to build a business or anything. Yeah. And um, so I was really excited about getting started building a firm. Because I realized I had to do something. If it was just me, uh, you know, when you're a lawyer, if you're not if you're not billing hours, nobody's yeah, making no any money. money yeah. So the only way to do something about it is you have to build a firm. Yeah. And you know, you know how much they teach you in law school about how to build a business. I'm sure, right? absolutely nothing about yeah. that much. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was excited and everything. Sounds like
0: marketing schools, the same thing. <laughs> they don't yeah, really yeah. teach you anything. Right. It's like, hey, this is all about marketing and business, but. Nothing to know about running a business exactly it's all these statistics and stuff yeah
1: right right so um, so you got all this knowledge you have no clue what to do with it mm-hmm. to make how to make money with it which right. is what you don't know how to do and uh, so I, I remember we sat down with a fellow named Glenn Gutek who was uh, my pre- uh, practice coach, a uh, longtime practice coach From very first meeting. We were excited because we were setting some goals and some plans to kind of you know take control of our business yeah. And he said, he had all these papers and stuff right here with these things written down. He says, okay, let's push that aside. He says, now let's stop. Tell me what you want your life to look like, and then we'll build your business to support your lifestyle. Okay. And the first thing he asked, he said, what are you talking about? He says, when's the last time you had a vacation? And Carol looked right at it and said, we haven't had a vacation We've never had a vacation. (laughs) You know? So well he said, okay, well here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna start with the goal is we're gonna take this in bite sized chunks. Every three months you're going to take a four day weekend. And we're gonna build up and in the end of two years you're gonna take a full week long vacation. Yeah. And then at the end of three years, you're gonna take two weeks. And at the end of five years, you're gonna take three weeks and he did. It. Yeah. And and that's what we did. So Gosh, I forgot how we got off on this, but um, but they, you know, travel became kind of it. it, it unveiled for us yeah. how much we really enjoyed traveling.
0: And so, whenever you started thinking about what else you wanted to get into, exactly. when you were getting ready to get rid of
1: your practice or thinking about long term, you guys decided to get a travel agency. So. Right. so, so what happened was, so I came across this this uh, information on Expedia, and I yeah. and I contacted them, the offices and uh, head offices in of Vancouver, Canada. And what attracted me about it was number one, it was but it was primarily cruise. I mean, we, we sell everything, all kinds right. of travel. But cruise is the core product. And the other thing that attracted me about it was uh, Expedia. You, you had the power of the, the, the number right. one brand in mean, yeah. travel, yeah. and it was a franchise. You know, I would own, we would own the business, uh, and and I knew from having built my law firm that that you that having a model, a proven model is so much easier than trying to reinvent of the wheel. Of course. It. I mean, in what you were,
0: I remember, I guess it was in the 90s when travel agents were like really popular
1: and you, you had these little
0: boutique right. agencies popping up left and right, but they never lasted
1: long. Right. It was an interesting thing that has taken place in travel over, I guess, the past, uh, well, I guess you could say 40 years almost. Uh, Carol worked when we were in Savannah, and when I was practicing there, she worked at a travel agency yeah. uh, for a while. And uh, at that time, most travel agencies were uh, their business model was 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 to sell business travel. Yeah, and that meant hotel rooms and flights and rent cars. Okay, and then occasionally they would sell vacation travel on the side. Right. Vacation travel was not it was not the core product of most travel agencies. Well, what happened is uh, two things kind of combined, uh, converged. Obviously, the Internet was springing up at about that time. And so you started seeing travel websites popping up on the Internet. Expedia started about that time. okay, um, and, uh, and then, but the big thing that happened is air travel at that point had become what we call commoditized. Yeah. It was just, you know, buy your ticket. Yep. And airlines cut out commissions. To travel agents okay
0: so i didn't know that was ever a connection there so that oh, yeah. makes sense now, up, to until, where, okay. up
1: until about the late late 80s early 90s uh airlines paid commission okay and uh and then when they when they pulled those commissions then that you know that just almost it starved yeah. most travel agencies uh and then and then at the same time, the internet's popping up, and people can book their hotel rooms for their business travel right. on yeah. their own. Right. So, so now you didn't need a, a travel agent to do those things because mm-hmm. I can I can remember when you go back and you need an airplane ticket, you had to go down to a travel agent's office and pick it up. Yeah. Physically. Uh, so those two things drove. Uh, I mean, it, it was a real shakeout of the travel industry. Yeah. Well, at the same time. There was another trend that was going on, and that was you had the beginnings of a, a, the cruise industry starting up, mm-hmm. particularly, uh, and and it was really cruises became popularized. Do uh, you remember the show The Love Boat? I do not. Oh
0: gosh, I, do not. I don't remember that it, one. Big big show
1: <laughs> back in the seventies, eighties, and all uh, and nineties, uh, I guess. Uh, and it was uh, Princess Cruises. Okay, was the cruise line. That was featured in the Love Boat, and uh, and so and then Carnival Corporation came along and started really mass marketing cruises yeah. to the and, and making cruises accessible to people at all income levels, and um, and so you had this cruise industry that started growing, and it has grown at a rate of about I want to say twelve percent for the past twenty years. And I'm so, and it's good. huge. If this is, this is how how big the industry is, and how big it's growing, if you wanted to build a cruise ship today, to, you were going to say you had a couple of billion bucks, and you were right. going to open a cruise line, and you you went to Italy or you went to to um, one of the other countries in I think um, Finland where you can, you can you know build cruise ships, okay, or even in the U.S., you would wait in line five years. They, they have that many back orders right. for new ships coming online. And I'm sure they don't t- I'm sure it takes quite a while to build one too it does yeah it t- yeah it's about a year so um, so the end in- so what happened is agencies that focused on vacation travel all-inclusive vacations cruises in particular they just went up yeah continued to go up and so so Cruise ship centers was a franchise in Canada, and uh, that had done very very well. And about they're thirty years old, and about fifteen years ago now, Expedia said we want to be everywhere where travel is sold. Mm-hmm. So they they purchased um, cruise ship centers, and um, and then a few years later they rolled it into the U.S. We were. We were one of, I think we were number fifty, of the number of stores uh, that first opened up in the U.S. Okay, but uh, the all that's uh, the interesting piece of it is this. So I contacted these guys, got the information, and um, looked at uh, got a little bit. And, and uh, but things were happening with the law firm. I had some associates. I, at that time I think I had, I think I had four associates and probably three paralegals. They'd grown pretty big. And you know how it is when you, you've got a business that you can't just walk away nope, from unfortunately, it. no, you can't. You can't because yeah. there are times you want to, yeah. right? Uh, I know you've experienced that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, so I said, look, hey, I, you know, I've got a lease that runs out. It's going for another year or so, and I've got some things going on. Call me back in a year.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, in the meantime, uh, I'm scheduled to go on a cruise. Gonna, my son was in college in his first first year, and we we're going to take him on a cruise out of Orlando at spring break. And a week before, uh, I went to see my doctor to have a st- stress test. He'd been following uh, my father died very young from a heart attack at yeah. age 47, so I, you know, I've been following along with a cardiologist for a long time. And the uh, first time he looks at me, he says, "I don't like what I'm seeing on this uh, on this thing." We're gonna take what we're gonna do. Monday morning, show up, we're gonna we're gonna do a cat. And this is the week before we're scheduled yeah. <laughs> to go on this cruise, and I'm thinking, okay, well I'll, I'll go in, you know, we'll, I'll have a maybe he'll put in a stint and I'll, I'll just relax on the yeah. cruise and recuperate. will be it'll be okay. Well, when I wake up, he's holding this sheet of paper and he says, This is a diagram of your heart. You see those 10 blockages there? I could oh, stint all 10 of man. those, but I don't think you want me to. Man. So we're not letting you out. Yeah. So I stayed in the hospital and uh, rode on the good ship Willis-Knighton uh, for a couple of weeks, and I had uh, triple bypass. Ooh. So I'm What high- age was that? I was 59, okay. 59 58, 59. And um, so I'm at home recuperating, right? And I get a call, Elton. This is Mike Mozart's with Expedia Cruise Ship Centers. You got time to look at this thing yet? Well, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing anything else right now. <laughs> Not doing anything else. So um, that was in, um, gosh, when was that? I guess that was like April or May. And by August, we had uh, bought the franchise. And what year was that? That was two thousand and five. 14. Okay. 2014. And then it took us until 2015 to actually open the store.
0: Well, so we met in 2016 because we started the marketing company in January of 16 yes. mm-hmm. publicly. And you and I met in a networking group, That's um, right. which is called B&I, which people, anybody who's in business or any kind of networking probably have heard of it. And um, If
1: they hadn't, then they should.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's a great networking group, but I was able to meet people like you and your wife and um, I couldn't remember at the time. I mean, I couldn't remember exactly when that was. But now that you talked about, it, I know exactly when yeah. it was. And it's funny because now we're sitting here talking. And when I first met you. I got the jitters speaking in front of people because we had a group of, what, 30-something people, yeah, it was a
1: big group when you and you that. had
0: to stand up every week and talk about your business in front of everyone, and man, I I hated it, and it's funny now that we're doing this, you know, back then when I first met you, I couldn't even speak to, you know, barely speak about business, much less be on a show in public or talking well, in front oh, of people. Right, and
1: well, now you're educating people about business, yeah, which is great, which funny. is what I love about your show, and you know, you have, you, you don't talk about this uh, I've listened to enough of your podcast to know that you don't you have had some very great success at a very early age yeah you're what 30 years old I'm 30 yeah you're 30 years old see I was just going back to college at 30 right you're already well into your career as an entrepreneur you did a you know you you, you had a great success uh, at a young age that allowed you to move into an entrepreneur right. position right and um and the other thing about you that, that most people don't know, uh, if they you know, don't, or maybe all your listeners don't know, is that you're um, you were. And what struck me about you when I first launched you is this guy is just, you know, when you know something about your success level. And, you know, most people don't know, for example, that you're, you're, you have a background as a fighter. As well. Right,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And, I and don't flaunt that these days in Asia. You never flaunt it. That's right. the whole point, yeah. is that what struck me about, when I learned that, I said, this is in, in kind of incongruous because he's such a humble guy. But I think it's a function uh, of the discipline. That you have yeah. to have to really be a good fighter, right? it to be a good warrior. Well, I mean, Vinicai, just like you the, the,
0: you know, you're in armed forces, It's the same thing. You got to be able to be structured and disciplined, and, yeah. and know when to know when to talk and when to be quiet and when to make the right decisions.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so, but you know, you have had some great success, and so now you know you're you're not that that guy who was would just kind of show up and stand up and give your little yeah. structured. T- uh, Two minute thing, and and now you're out teaching people some of the things that you've learned. Right. So that's that's great. That's well. I mean,
0: I I, and thank you for that. I mean, um, I just for me, I started at a young age. You know, I I moved out when I was 15, and um, my. Uh, mom and stepdad moved away and I didn't want to go with them so I moved in with a family member and then next thing I know by 16 I'm out on my own and I just wanted to grow up quick because I wanted to make money because we were very poor growing up and so that kind of just motivated me and then I got an oil and gas worked real hard and then was able to you know get into this industry with two great guys and we started this thing and it's just blown up but you know all that being said i just enjoy connecting people and Mm -hmm. talking to people Mm -hmm. that have some kind of value and when we go back to like the travel industry because you know i know that that's where you're at right now and that's where your passion's at i can just tell as we've talked you (laughs) skipped over all the interesting stuff you know i mean not really Travel (laughs) is interesting all of it's interesting but to be to be uh in the armed forces be a veteran be a police officer be a practicing attorney who just, you know, has now retired, and now you're in another industry, it's just crazy, and this is you know, a great one, but all I think all of it contributes to relationships, especially the attorney and the travel agency. I,
1: I think, you know, actually, you're right. I mean, I can see how all of those things have kind of, in some way, kind of built on one another. Yeah. Or, contributed to success at the next next venture yeah uh, and the interesting one the 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 military background helps a great deal in the travel industry with the part that I do because I, I I don't sell individual travel. Right, Carol says Elton, you're not allowed to touch <laughs> she knows I'm not a detail guy. I'm yeah. I'm I'm, a, I'm the vision, I'm the strategy and stuff. So I'm only allowed to talk to customers in groups of thirty or more. Okay, okay? that makes sense. So so what I do is I handle the, the marketing, the promotions. Uh, I um. I do the strategic planning for the business, and I build groups. And what what I like doing, because, you know, like you said, connecting with people and connecting people is so much fun. And what I like the most about the travel business is that it allows me to do that. And that's what I always liked about that networking group I was in is the ability to connect people together, you know, and and, and watch the neat things that happen when you bring people together. And um, so... So what I try and do a lot with that business is I try to find other businesses yeah who don't compete we don't compete our products right uh, our products don't compete and I try to work with them collaboratively um, because travel you know we live in an experience economy yeah it's it's you know it's it's you know you go back what 100, 150 years ago and uh, it was uh, kind of a you know, everybody did everything for themselves. If you yep. wanted a birthday cake, yep. you know, you went to the store and you bought the flour, you bought the eggs and the milk and the butter. You put it all together and you baked a cake and yes. you presented that, you know, to the family for right. the, for the for the birthday for the birthday person who's celebrating for their birthday. And then we kind of. You know, along comes the industrial revolution, and then we get into to mass marketing and mass production. And then, if you want a birthday cake, you went to the grocery store and you picked up a Betty Crocker's or a Duncan Hines, and you right. brought it home and you baked it, and you you put that out on the table. And then, you know, it it, it progresses a little more, and now you want a birthday cake, but you you know everybody's working, mom's working, dad's yeah. working, you ain't got time, so we do stop by Brookshire's and you pick up a birthday cake, right? right? And and so now now you don't do that anymore now you have a birthday party you pick up the phone and you call an event planner exactly and you say i, I need to have a birthday party for my 10 year old mm-hmm. or like i did when it was my our 40th anniversary last year i picked up the phone and called my friend who owns a winery and i said i'm going to bring 40 people over to your place and we're going to have a surprise surprise yeah, b- anniversary exactly. party for my wife so it's, it's about experience we've moved from product to experience.
0: Well, it's interesting you bring that up. And now you said that I love that. I love talking about that because I, I see so many people, especially people who are successful in business, that waste so much money on that six-dollar coffee or that um, expensive those expensive clothes just to make an awesome picture on Instagram, and then they don't have any money left to spend on actual experience. Right. But why do you think? I'm interested to know this. Why do you think? experience now is so important versus 50 years ago
1: well i think it's just in some ways it's they're more accessible yeah you know they you know i can remember when you know I'm, I'm 64 now so i can remember when i was responsible for mowing the yard raking the grass painting the house all that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So now when I want the windows cleaned, we call Window Genie, and Window Genie comes right. cleans the windows. Uh, we, have, we have someone who takes care of the yard. Yeah. I don't bother painting anymore, and I ain't worked on a car since I got out of law school, <laughs> because I can't do it. Right. I have a brother who is a, a natural engineer who mm-hmm. is you know who builds race cars and things like that, not me. Yeah. I, I didn't get that gene. Uh, and, uh, but I think as we become more specialized, uh, across the board, all of the yeah. U.S. economy, yeah. um, more experiences are more accessible, yeah. and so there are people out there who will throw your birthday party. There are people out there who will, um, you know, plan and who will go buy your groceries yeah. for you. You know, um, and and so it's it's an experience based economy. Travel is an experience, but travel is also a social yeah. experience and so what we try to do what I try to do in our marketing plan which is I think a little bit different than a, uh, a lot of people and uh, I, I found some businesses that respond well to it and partner well with us I found others that are just kind of it's so foreign to them yeah. they're just used to a straight here you pay me and I do this mm-hmm. straight transaction okay well, when you work collaboratively, then you both bring something to the table. It's not just a straight money for a product or money right. for a service thing. For example, we did a. Um, we do this all the time. We'll partner with, um, with a, um, usually a restaurant or a brewery or a winery something, because food and wine goes with travel yeah of right? course you know? I mean yeah, that's and, part of the experience yeah it's part of the experience and so what we do is we, when when we're having a promotional event and we want people to come and have a great experience yeah. and while we tell them about some great experiences they can have traveling mm-hmm. we want them to have a great experience we don't want them to sit there at a boring sales presentation or yeah. something so what we'll do we uh, we had a really good uh, event the, uh, about three weeks ago with um at Cindy Johnson Southern Fair, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. No, I'm not. She's a caterer. Okay. She's over off of uh, Elizabeth Street. Okay. And she has a little uh, house there. It's very nice. You can go and you can have the ladies can have tea and things yeah. like that okay. and and stuff. And uh, so we did high tea with Celebrity Cruises. Yeah. Okay. And we we had a nice presentation. Everyone came in and she served tea. She served scones. Yeah. She had. Uh, she did a presentation and talked about what high tea was and how we did it. So that you know, for the particular demographic that we were, we were, we wanted to present this to, it worked great. We filled the place. Yeah, up. I mean,
0: you do. I so, noticed that because I've been to one of your. Um, we you were doing the. Uh, we're looking at the overseas. I mean, yes, the river cruises and right. the European river, river cruises. You take. You do your research and de- development on the market, and you bring that experience, a little bit of that taste of that experience, exactly. to the. people people you're presenting to, and you're like, hey, here's a little bit of info, here's some food you make, you know, here's a little bit of a food and a little bit of a drink that's just to give you a little bit, you know, to where they grab onto it, like, okay, I can see that these people already are so involved in the upfront that they know they're going to follow through with the experience
1: the rest of the way, and that's what counts. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, you know, don't, don't listen to me tell you about what this is. Yeah. here." Here's a little bit of that right. experience. Yeah. Try it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, now there's so so when you're working collaboratively with someone like the event you came to, I think was at the brewery. I think you had yeah, Jared on here. Yeah, last we week.
0: were going to do. Um, yeah, it was yeah. it was the, the October Fest the for October next fest. year. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So what we did with them though is we we collaborate with them. Yeah. Okay. So they, you know, they they bring something to the table too it's not just I can just go to Jared and say okay here Jared here I'm gonna do an event here let me give you X amount of dollars yeah. and you provide the beer and the stuff like that you know yeah we, we paid some of that stuff but he also subsidized some of that but it wasn't just that you know they you know they wanted to present something to their customers right so we mark we co-market to their customer base, to our customer yeah. base and it gives him something It gives that business owner something to take to their customers and say, here's some added value for you. Come do something with us. I love that word you
0: just said, value. Yeah, Value sells more now than it ever has. I think here's why, and this is my opinion, and you may not agree, you may agree. Everything is available at scale now. Mm -hmm. You can buy 50 different kind of soft drinks. You can buy 100 different kind of beers. No matter what it is, it all goes back to experience and value. Why am I using this product? Do I get value of it? Why am I using this person's services? Do they give me value? Or or why am I going to this place because of the experience? Let me ask you another question. Since you've been traveling, I'm sure you get all the hookups and all the cool places to go. Where's your favorite place so far you've been?
1: So far, Havana. Havana, Havana. Okay, I loved Havana. why because it was it was it was a step back in time almost. I mean, it was like it was frozen in the nineteen fifties. Really, which is I was born in fifty five, and um, and it was such a unique place. And um, you know, you go to a lot, there are a lot of places you go to in the Caribbean, and you are going to run into some street vendors and hustlers and people coming to you know, trying always trying to sell you stuff like that. Well, in Havana. Uh, People would come up to you, but they weren't trying to sell you anything. They were very curious. What are you Americans doing here? Why did you come? And and what was so interesting is that um, the Cuban people and the American people love each other. It's our governments that can't get along. Right. And uh, and also, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed Havana. I, right now, you really can't go back. It's, the travel restrictions have been reimposed, and, and it's just so difficult to get in, to fit into some of the niches that you have to fit into to do it. But I look forward to the day when that reopens. So,
0: so you're saying that. Also, you being able to travel all these different places because you've been pretty much all over the world now at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen photos of you every time
1: all over back I,
0: well every time I'm on Facebook or you know whatever social media platform we're connected on I'll see well Elton's here this week I'm like damn I wish I was here <laughs> I'm going to make it there one day but um when you, you're young where have you where have you experienced the best food at
1: <sighs> best Italian restaurant I have so ever Italian's had. your best favorite Italian food Italian restaurant I've ever eaten at I, I'm Italian so I love Italian okay. food In France. In France, believe it or not. Paris was an interesting place because, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me, I didn't care for Paris, I don't like the French and that kind of stuff. The people were, you know, they were obnoxious and that sort of thing. That was just not my experience. Okay. You know, our experience uh, in in Paris uh, was just fabulous. Uh, The people were friendly, accommodating. Um, We stayed stayed right across from... uh, the uh the cathedral there before it burned and um we also did a river cruise out to normandy and back and uh, it was it was the the food was just (laughs) indescribably good if you follow me on facebook you've probably seen some of those i have
0: that's why i asked well (laughs) let me ask you another thing i know you're a bourbon guy and you like and you do enjoy a good drink occasionally where's the best place you've actually had a drink at on in your travels
1: Tropicana okay. In Havana. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you come to the Tropicana. It is an open-air nightclub. Mm-hmm. And I have to describe it to you. You, you When you come up to it, um, there's a band playing out front. The ladies are all given roses. The men are all given Cuban cigars. Yeah. And they take you in, and you sit down. And the main stage is, is you're sitting in front of the main stage facing that uh, at at kind of longish tables yeah and over to your left is a three layered stage where kind of the chorus is Mm -hmm. and then so the singers and the dancers come out and it's all in Spanish and uh, I I I took two years of Spanish in college and cannot <laughs> speak going <a little> word work. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but it's it's the the present the the performance is a story, so you can follow it right. just by watching the costumes, listening to the tones of voices, and and kind of seeing it. And it's just a fabulous performance. Best show, I mean, of all the shows that I've seen stuff in Las Vegas and on on the biggest cruise ships on the ocean, the Tropicana. The performance of Tropicana is this best show and okay. and so they bring you uh, you know they, they on the table they bring you as much uh, coca-cola as you want mm-hmm. and they set out a, a big fifth of, of rum on the table uh, Havana Havana Club run which is the original Bacardi uh, and um, and you know you just sit there and have some drinks and enjoy the show and and it's about a two-hour show and uh yeah, it's a nice, and then I bring some champagne or whatever else you want. So the right?
0: experience adds to the drink. So yes. really, I think it still goes back to experience. It, it comes back
1: to the experience. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, if
0: I mean, so well, I have something for you. Okay, so I appreciate you coming on today, and okay, I got something. I'm not sure if you've ever had it. It's not from Havana. It's from um, Kentucky, possibly, ah. and um, there's no label on it. Oh. That that there would be called moonshine. Yes, sir. That is that is real moonshine. That's not moonshine that you're gonna get at the Ooh. liquor store that tastes like apple pie. Am, am I
1: gonna be able to see after I drink this?
0: Um I, I mean you can clean your car parts, you can run your vehicle on it. <laughs> My and, brother will like that. Yeah, and you and you possibly could get a buzz off of just sniffing it. Oh well, that sounds great. But, um, I'm not sure if you've ever had the real stuff. I have not. And uh so I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and um that's that is the real stuff right there. That is the real well, deal. That's
1: great. Thanks. It's
0: probably not gonna be as good as the rum with the Coke in Havana, but it definitely will do the trick.
1: It'll be just as memorable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you I don't know if you'll remember.
1: <laughs> hey, I got something else for you too. Okay, okay awesome. So, all right, so you got the Mardi Gras beads, but I know you like to I know you like to work out and stuff. Yeah. And I know you're kind of a humble kind of guy, but so I figured you needed something so that everyone would know that you are a celebrity. Oh hell. So I've got you a celebrity cruise backpack to, awesome. to put your workout stuff in. Awesome. Little dot kit to put your uh, put your shaver and gear yeah. and stuff in, and and you know and you know everybody oh, needs a Swiss Army knife Heck shaped yeah, like man. a uh, wine bottle.
0: Look at that! <laughs> I can open wine. Heck yeah! I like it, man. Thank you so much. You're I welcome. Appreciate son. that. It's been great. Now, um, real quick before we end, is there anything that we didn't cover? We have about two minutes left. Um, that you would want to tell my listeners, um, people who may be interested in doing anything that you've done or just a life experience or, or even just starting to do something to spend money or time on experience?
1: You know what I mean? I would think, you know, the, the most important thing that I could, a piece of advice i give somebody, particularly somebody's going to go into business of some form. Yeah. You need... You need a coach yeah you know my i kind of struggled along at my law practice for the first 10 15 years without a coach and once i got a coach someone who could help me set goals that were realistic that were achievable and and frankly hold me accountable to my own goals yeah um that um that really made the difference that that I, you know i went from just me in an office the size of this room to you know what at, at, at the time was probably the biggest criminal defense firm yeah in in this part of the state and um and then one of the beauties that i of, of working with expedia is that they provide me that yeah. They provide me that that coach i have a, a franchise performance coach that works with us and of course, my wife. I'm not the boss, by the way. I, I, <laughs> my wife is the boss. She runs that place, and uh, and uh, so we spend a lot of time co working with him, and uh, again, setting goals that are achievable and realistic, and then helping us plan ways to achieve them and holding us accountable to them. So I think that you know, I think you have to have that. Yeah. Because the thing is, is it's it's like. It's like, you know, even Tiger Woods has a coach, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because he can't see his swing. Right. You can't see your swing. Right. Somebody else has to see you. You need
0: someone critiquing. to call you out. You that's need right. someone to tell you you're doing bad. Right. You know? Or to tell you you're doing good. Right, of course. But, you know, to, to reflect on what's going on and how to get better
1: mm-hmm. and move forward. So find a coach. Find somebody who who is 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 good at that, someone who's, who's, who that's their passion. Yeah. And I've been fortunate to work with some good coaches, and uh, it it made a huge difference for us.
0: Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. thank you for letting me have it. I wish we had more time, but we're about to close out. But um, everyone, please subscribe to the
1: podcast, and thanks again, sir. All right. Happy Mardi Gras. Yeah.